0: Welcome to the Inner Ray Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss how relationships are the most meaningful part of life. Join us every week to hear inspiring stories of people living through their inner ray. We invite you to find the radiant, authentic energy that lives inside you to make your life and relationships easier.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another week of the Inner Ray podcast. Today's episode is about the fear of loneliness and how it impacts our relationships. With that, I'm Katie and I'm so glad to be here with you all.
0: And I'm Erin and man,
1: we have
0: missed you guys. We took a couple of weeks off and now we're back. And we're so excited to talk about this super important relevant topic that I would
1: imagine everybody listening has experienced. So Mm. handing it back to you, Katie. Awesome. It is really nice to be here with you guys. And what a beautiful topic for us to head into after this time apart. As relationship coaches, a pattern that we see all the time is using this fear of loneliness to stay in dysfunctional relationships or re-engage in relationships that aren't serving us. Today we're going to be diving into the ways in which loneliness has become a boogeyman in our culture, how our relationships have been glorified and how having the courage to feel lonely is absolutely key in developing an authentic and secure relationship with yourself. With all of that, I'm going to pass it off to Aaron to share a story about loneliness. When Katie and I were preparing for
0: this episode, this story came to me. Let's travel back to probably about eight or nine years ago, I was an active member in a 12-step group called Al-Anon. And in that group, people would volunteer to topic lead, which basically means that you get up in front of a group of people, you read a reading from a daily reader and you share a little bit on the topic and then you open it up for everyone else to share. And that day I had done something very courageous and I had picked the topic of sharing about loneliness. And I remember wanting to throw up before this meeting, which for me, it was pretty abnormal because I do talking to brand people I have podcasts, right? But what I remember was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to tell a room full of like 100 people that I have an ST. Mm-hmm. And that's how much shame I was experiencing about getting up and talking about feeling lonely. The beautiful thing that I experienced after opening up to this group of people and sharing that I was feeling lonely was that it was literally one of the most engaged meetings. Everybody was talking over each other, trying to share. And then after the meeting, I had the line of people waiting to talk to me. I got phone calls for weeks from people saying how much they related to that topic. And that was a big uh aha for me because I definitely had this narrative like, I'm single. I'm young. I'm not near my family. Everyone else in this meeting, they're married. They have friends. They're local. They're from this area. So they couldn't possibly be feeling loneliness the way I regularly felt loneliness. I definitely had some almost like entitlement that I was like more lonely than other people. But by getting up and sharing it in front of this room of a hundred people and realizing that I'm pretty sure every single person In that meeting was like, yes, me too. That was just a big aha for me that, wow, maybe this is a universal emotion that humans struggle to feel. I'm not alone with not knowing what to do with loneliness, but also having a fear of feeling it, a shame of talking about it. And it was just a beautiful moment for me and really the beginning of me learning how to manage and feel And have a relationship with that emotion, which really was one of the biggest steps towards me cultivating a deeper connection with myself and improving all of my relationships. So with that, I think it would be really good, Katie, if we just take a moment and talk about the cultural reasons why someone like me at 26 years old felt so scared to sit in front of a group of people and admit that I was lonely.
1: Totally. I I love that story and I think it is such a good example of the ways that shame and the shadow around loneliness literally keeps us stuck in that prison thinking that we're the only ones in the world that feels this. And ultimately, I know that loneliness has become the boogeyman because it can it is really the portal to our pain, right? It leads us right in to the heart of our shadow and all the things, all the pain, all the hurt that we've experienced in our life. And when we think about our culture, we have been conditioned to look outside of ourselves, this outside in living, to get love and to feel connected in relationship. And so then when we're left feeling alone, it creates confusion and internal chaos because we've tied some of our worth to something or someone outside of ourselves. So then when all of a sudden that's gone and we feel lonely, or maybe that's still there, but we feel lonely, then we are met with and confronted by this story that we're wrong or we're broken. And so I think too, if you think about this boogeyman energy of loneliness, it's think about if you don't have a date to a wedding, or you're alone on Christmas, or valentine's day rolls around and you don't have someone to celebrate with then something is really wrong with you and then we see in movies and in social media this glorification of romantic relationships and and family relationships and when you're in a period of rediscovery then there's again this cultural assumption that something is wrong with you if you are alone when actually walking away from relationships that aren't serving you is extremely courageous. And also what Erin mentioned and how this story impacted her was the key to her growth and stepping into the most authentic, radiant version of herself so that you can really, once you've cultivate this sense of connection with yourself, then relationships really shift because you're living from the inside out and you really have space for heart connection. So it's a really beautiful thing. Is there anything else that's coming to you around how it shows up in culture?
0: Yeah. One of the biggest questions I get from people when they're coming to ray because of a romantic relationship, people will say to me, how long do I have to wait before I can date someone else? Or mm-hmm. do I really have to be single in between relationships? And super valid question, right? Because most people are like, why can't I just learn from this and move on immediately? And Mm -hmm. to me, the secret is, do you have a relationship with loneliness? Mm -hmm. Do you know how to be alone? Do you know how to go through a holiday season without having the buffering of a partner? Do you Mm -hmm. know how to go to a wedding without a date? Do you know how to maybe have dinner by yourself or go to a movie by yourself? And again, it's not even about the act of doing those things alone, but it's about have you been able to allow the feelings and the fears and the discomfort of doing those things alone? What is your relationship to those feelings? Because so many people will say to me, I was single for five years and now I'm dating again and nothing's different. If Mm -hmm. you're single for five years, how were you managing the loneliness? Were you using pornography? Were you using alcohol and drugs? Were you distracted and working all the time? Or were you really cultivating that sacred space with yourself to sit and feel all of the feelings and all of the discomfort that comes up when you are by yourself and not distracted in relationship? Because, and, and this is what I tell people all the time. You can absolutely go right into another relationship. I've seen people do that and they have happy, healthy lives. And also. You're going to have to learn how to feel loneliness in a relationship. What most people do is when that feeling comes up in a relationship, they start to blame the other person or build a case against the other person and pick apart the other person. And if somebody is in therapy and doing a lot of personal growth work, they might have the insight to realize, oh, I'm feeling a disconnection from myself. This isn't about the other person. But what I have learned is that for most people, they aren't able to see that truth if they've never felt the feelings that come up when you're truly single and alone and not
1: being distracted by people, places, and things. What you just shined a light on in a beautiful way is how that feeling of loneliness hits and what it feels like and how to feel it and how to cultivate a connection with your sacred nature that we get separate from when we are focused on things outside of ourselves. It's like we were never given the tools or the tool belt to help us cultivate that sense of self-love and security with our heart. And so therefore, like it gets all tied up in things outside of ourselves. With that, I've spent a lot of time writing about loneliness. And so I just looked in my notes and I found this note that I wrote to myself. I'm just going to read it and then I'm going to dive in a little bit more. I wrote, out of the blue, the deepest loneliness just hit me like a wrecking ball to my heart and stomach. What are you here to tell me? I ask. It's a feeling I've felt my whole life, like something is missing. Something is lost. It's a deep emptiness, a shriveling, a sadness that feels endless. From that point, what I did was I sat with it. And I said, why have you been here my whole life? What have I been doing my whole life that has made me feel empty, that has made me feel like something is missing? And I realized in that moment, it was that I never cultivated that sense of connection with myself, with my divinity, with my sacred nature with my soul, with the magic that is within me that is only mine, right? And so I sat in nature, I sat on a tree and I just felt it and 90 seconds rolls by, passes by and all of a sudden that loneliness is gone. I feel deeply connected to everything around me and now all of a sudden I can move forward with a new story and I have now a better relationship to this feeling of loneliness that originally felt completely empty. But now I have a memory of connection there. And it's that rep every single time of whenever that loneliness comes up, it's seeking and calling on us to reconnect with our heart. And the more we can do that and bring that sense of connection into that feeling of loneliness, the more that memory can carry us forward and really help us cultivate that sense of self and that real authentic connection. The other thing I, I think is important to share and, and you touched on it, is when that feeling of loneliness comes up when you're around people. It's different than when you're alone. And it's easy to think that the antidote, to loneliness is being around people, but it's so much more complex than that. It is, and it is also so painful feeling achingly lonely when you're in a relationship. But ultimately, that again comes back to cultivating that authentic sense of self, coming back to what you value, coming back to really who you are and what you bring into the world and what you contribute to relationships. And it comes back to intention and really spending time with yourself to understand who you are, what you bring, and also what you need in relationship. And yeah, I sometimes like to think too of that loneliness when that sparks in relationship as an alarm bell from our authenticity, like from the future version of ourself that is living super authentically, like, ding, there's something going on here where you're hiding a part of yourself that actually is meant to be expressing itself in this relational field. So. With all of that, I'm wondering what's coming up for you, And One thing that's really important to me while we're on
0: this topic of actually mm-hmm. feeling the loneliness is that Katie and I can share examples of what this is like. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, I can tell you it's so difficult to just sit with loneliness. And so some really simple things that I can just share that I did in the beginning, a lot of comfortable clothing warm drinks, having a pet, breaking up the loneliness with activities. So knowing, okay, I have a whole weekend. I know I'm going to be alone. I don't have any plans. What is something I can look forward to at one point in my weekend that can break up that time alone? Mm-hmm. Can I text a couple friends and say, hey, I would love to have a catch-up call this weekend? breaking up those periods of alone time and not overdoing it. Because I think often people think, oh, okay, I have to learn how to be alone. I'm going to go to Europe by myself. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a big jump from I've never done anything alone to I'm going to go on a seven-day European vacation by myself. That's probably going to make you more scared of loneliness. So what I have found is sometimes it starts with, okay, I'm looking at the week ahead and I've got two or three days with nothing planned what would it be like to not fill that in my schedule? What would it be like to go through that evening and not binge watch TV the whole time? What would it be like to spend an hour sitting outside in a chair doing nothing away from my phone? Sometimes for me, like when the loneliness creeps in, I'll even do stuff like I might be cooking or doing an activity that is self-care And I can feel that loneliness creeping in. So I'll put on an audiobook. That's a perfect way to buffer some loneliness, knowing that not avoiding how I feel, because while I'm listening to the audiobook, I can also be attuning to myself. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is about how are you connecting with yourselves during these periods of alone time? And then if it becomes unmanageable, that's where having a therapist, having a coach, having a couple of trusted friends that you can reach out to and just literally say, hey, I'm feeling a lot of loneliness right now. And you don't necessarily have to fix this for me. I just needed to not be alone with the fact that I'm feeling lonely, which goes back to that very first story that I shared is that recognition that my loneliness is not as unique as maybe my ego or my mind wants me to believe that it is. So in the beginning, I would recommend not overdoing it, like just testing it out, dipping your toe in. If you're somebody who really doesn't know how to be alone and doesn't know how to navigate the feeling of loneliness, baby steps.
1: This is reminding me of a story when I was starting out spending time alone. And in the first few months, I was like, you know what? I'm Joshua tree by myself <laughs> for five days. And I didn't book. A place close to anybody else. I booked a place right up at the mouth of the mountains away from absolutely everybody. And holy cow, I lasted a day. And I was like, Oh my God, everything around here is prickly. It's pokey. It's trying to protect itself. I'm surrounded by absolutely nobody. I'm scared sh- shitless. And it was just, it was a nightmare. And it was that it was confronting that emptiness. But yeah. I highly suggest starting out small. Be compassionate. Self-care is extremely important. And engaging in activities that make you feel good, not like forcing yourself into the worst of it right off the bat. Because like we've both mentioned, building up a tool belt, a skill set to help you feel these emotions all the way through is very important before you dive into the deep end. Like I did,
0: <laughs> and and sometimes it can e- even be like super small. What I noticed when I first started this journey, I would do stuff like try driving in silence. Mm-hmm. Like that was a good place to start because even just not making a phone call, not listening to the radio, not playing an album, not playing an audiobook, like just letting that space be there for this twenty-minute drive every day, mm-hmm. just feeling that feeling. Because oftentimes loneliness is also a response to grief and grief huh. is there because life changes and things change. So if you're going through a breakup or somebody that you love has died and you would normally leave work and call them. Every time you leave work, there's going to be that pang of loneliness. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe 2 out of 7 times you can call someone and 2 out of 7 times, I don't know why 7 is the number I'm picking, it's the week. 2 mm-hmm. out of 7 times you can listen to an audiobook. But maybe one or two of those times Just let the feeling wash over you. Maybe Mm -hmm. cry a little bit. Maybe do something or eat something or find something that is connected to the person that it is that you're missing. Mm -hmm. And just really sit with that feeling. And if this is a dysfunctional relationship that you've ended, it might be really good to have some reality testing. Mm -hmm. Something that we do with our clients all the time. There's this thing that we do called the three X. When you come up with three things, that help break euphoric recall. So euphoric recall, if you don't know what that is, is when you're reflecting on a relationship or a situation through rose-colored glasses. Mm -hmm. And you're in that part of your brain that's like pleasure and euphoria and nostalgia. You don't have access to the things that were not good in the situation. So a lot of times when you're walking away from a dysfunctional situation and you start to feel lonely... Can be really natural to go into that euphoric recall or that rose-colored glasses map. and so having some reality testing tools at the ready, like the list of three x that we just described. I have a couple of friends in my life that I'll call and I'll be like, "Okay, I just got out of this situation. If I ever think it's a good idea to reengage, you have permission to remind me that I told you here and now that I did not want to reengage." And it might be a good moment to check in with that friend and say, oh man, I was feeling lonely after work and I really wanted to reach out to this ex-partner. What did I tell you about that? Do you think it's a good (laughs) idea? Just like putting in some safeguards there. So anyway, I'm getting off the topic of loneliness that I really think it's all connected because at the end of the day, you really want to ask yourself, am I doing this thing to not feel loneliness or am I doing this thing because it will build up and help me connect to my authentic self.
1: Yeah, I love that. Well, what's coming up for me as I hear that is with your example of leaving work, right? It's like we are herd animals. Like we are biologically wired. So when you look into the wild and you and an animal gets separated from the herd, they then seek out another herd to be a part of because if you're on your own in the wild, you are very vulnerable. And so that feeling accompanies us and gets triggered in us because we are also animals, right? And so there is a real physical component to this. And that's also to say that there are also real physical things and emotional and mental and spiritual things we can do to accompany this real physical reaction that takes place when we are feeling lonely, knowing that this loneliness is always going to come up. There's not going to be a time in life where we're not going to feel lonely. It's going to be here. We can't make it go away. And it's a really important emotion to feel and to know how to feel. If we're thinking about how to navigate that loneliness within relationships, how does the intimacy spectrum come into play? Knowing that there are different barriers that keep us from speaking to or sitting in. That loneliness.
0: Absolutely. So one of the things that I have found consistently over years and years of working with people and coaching people is that, and maybe I need to outline the spectrum really quick for people. Mm -hmm. So let me back up a second and just say that in our curriculum, we have this thing called the intimacy spectrum. And it goes from sacred intimacy and connection to trustworthy to common ground to acquaintance, to no contact. Of course, it can go the other way. But that's the full spectrum of intimacy. And what I have found over and over again is that clients or people that I've interacted with that have not been able to, for whatever reason, attachment disorders, trauma, dysfunction, maybe not being modeled in their childhood, if they don't know how to spend time every day, every week, every month, Sitting in that sacred intimacy with themselves and often with some form of divinity, whatever that is for them. If they have not cultivated that as a consistent practice, then when loneliness comes up, it's too big for them to handle and they have to pull in things outside of themselves to medicate and numb the loneliness. And listen, there's no judgment in what I'm saying. This is literally, I'm describing how I lived for years. I was born into a family that believed in atheism. And so there was no time or no framework for how to sit with myself and cultivate that sacred connection. So I spent my whole life working, achieving, using drugs, using alcohol, using relationships, using um, chaos and dysfunction to not sit with myself. Mm -hmm. So when I use the intimacy spectrum to help people work with loneliness as I'll say to them, yes, you can absolutely call a friend who is someone that you can cultivate trustworthy intimacy with. And you might even be able to have that sacred intimacy and in moments with other people. However, if you are not consistently putting money in the bank into that sacred intimacy with yourself, intimacy you get from those interactions is not gonna land. It's not gonna have anywhere to go. It's not gonna have a reference point within you. It's just going to be like an empty or a, a bottomless well that people can pour and pour into. And it's not going to ever really give you that sense of secure attachment and satisfaction because ultimately, if you don't have that secure attachment with yourself, it that is the bottom of the well, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to build that bottom so that when people pour into it, it actually has an impact. And so many people, they want to fill their well and fill their well and fill their well, but they're not looking
1: at why there's a hole in the bottom of their well. Does that make sense? Makes complete sense. And it just takes me to childhood, right? This fear follows us from when we're young because we start to feel loneliness very quickly because loneliness is trying to get our attention from where we're separate from our divinity, from our soul from who we really are destined to become. And so, so much of our life, right, starting as kids is we start to become what everyone else needs us to be. And that is how we find our belonging. That is our first spark about loneliness because we're now leaving behind the thing that is truly us, our authenticity to be what everybody else needs us to be. And that loneliness is going to scream at us. It's our alarm bell. Hey, 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 you're leaving me behind. And that's the bottom of the well. And because it's not really spoken about, You never know what it is you're feeling until way later. And it, we've talked about numerous times that feeling in your stomach, in your heart, like a wrecking ball is not comfortable to feel. And if it's not being talked about, the only way to survive it is to do what Aaron has mentioned. And this is where doing parts work is helpful to understand the stories that we create around these feelings of loneliness to help us make meaning around it. Because what it is coming back to is. Calling our authenticity, calling on our inner ray. It's our inner ray calling to us from the future. <laughs> Build me, live for me.
0: <laughs> um, the, absolutely, Katie. The biggest thing I want people to take away from this episode is, mm-hmm. A, everybody's scared of being lonely. Mm-hmm. It's like a normal, biological natural part of being human we come into this human experience and we're separated from divinity our soul whatever you want to call it and feeling lonely is just part of a rite of passage i mean mm-hmm. avoiding loneliness and fearing it only makes it bigger and then what happens is we'll do dysfunctional things that actually create more separation mm-hmm in an effort to not feel and manage and sit with that feeling of loneliness. Mm -hmm. And if you're new to this and you're listening to this and and the fear of loneliness has literally driven your whole life and all the choices you're making is is so that you don't have to feel it, just know you're not alone. It gets better. And any good therapist, our coaching curriculum, lots of self-help books, 12-step programs, groups and communities, All of these places can help you to take those baby steps into not feeling so lonely and learning how to sit with it. There really is a lot of hope in this area.
1: Totally. And I'm just going to say one more thing before I ask our closing question. Another really great baby step to take is to turn to poetry. There is a reason that so many of the greatest poets write about loneliness because the courage to feel lonely is. I think, like we've said, like the special ingredient in developing that authentic, secure relationship to yourself and sitting with that and reading it and letting those words wash over you can be really helpful. And the other thing that's coming to me is I remember when I was staring at the word alone. This was probably 10 years ago and I was like, oh, my God, alone, all one. You're never alone and even when you're feeling the most lonely you've ever felt know that there is absolutely another person multiple other people feeling that too and so if you can just feel into that knowing that you're not the only one feeling alone and we're all one there I can be like a warm hug grab a blanket and just know that we are speaking to you and bringing the light into that place knowing that we have been there too so with that we're nearing the end. Erin, I would love for you to name someone in the public eye broadcasting their inner ray, inspiring you to live your most radiant, authentic life.
0: Oh, this one was easy for me. Mm. So I've been waiting for an opportunity to tell you guys about the wonderful, the fabulous Courtney Grimes. The reason I'm picking her because there's so many other reasons I could pick her Is Courtney has created this program in Nashville called The Collective. She's an LCSW and has been working in private practice for many years. And one of the things that she always felt really frustrated with as an outpatient therapist was that she could do all this great work with people one-on-one in sessions, but then they would have to go out in the world and have relationships and really live the work that they were doing in her sessions. And what she was finding is so many people didn't have the skill set on how to have that social health. So she created this program called The Collective, which takes the approach of feeling and working with anxiety, depression, other mental health issues through a social health lens. And she's just changed so many lives in the community, um, not just through that program, just through Being the Fabulous Her. So if you guys want to check her out, you can look up my collective here. I don't, I'll put it in the show notes, but you can look Mm -hmm. up the collective in Nashville. You can also look her up personally. They actually have their own podcast at some point. I'm supposed to be on a guest on their podcast, but it's been a little bit of a scheduling nightmare. But I, oh, and by the way, I do the family coaching for their adolescents going through that program. So I can tell you firsthand that Courtney's program is Absolutely changing the lives of so many young people, and she—they also work with adults. But specifically, I get to be on the front lines, meeting these adolescents who couldn't even look you in the eye, didn't know how to put down their phone, didn't know how to have a conversation with their peers, and—and and they're walking away with this whole other element that, quite frankly, is going to prevent them having so many mental and really physical health issues for the rest of their lives. Just learning
1: how to get action, so. Courtney Grimes is my choice. Hmm. Beautiful. What an amazing way to close out this episode. Oh, the other thing. Do we want to share a little bit about the retreat?
0: Yeah. Uh, so as many of us, you've been listening, we are hosting a retreat. Oh my gosh, is it just three weeks away? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's not too late to sign up. We do have a couple spots left. So if you're listening to this and you're resonating with what we're saying, we highly encourage you to go to our website, check out the details of the retreat, because the whole focus of the retreat is to give you different tools and framework to start to cultivate that deeper connection with that authentic self, which is in that sacred intimacy that we've been referencing What you're going to get when you walk away from the retreat, not just the connections and the experience and all of the learning, but you're also going to go home with an actual blueprint of how to create your own authenticity altar, which to me is just another way of saying, creating a space where you can cultivate that sacred intimacy. And don't worry, we're not going to tell you or push our spiritual beliefs onto you. This is all about you creating it for yourself. And we're just giving you a place and a framework to spend some time swimming around and that, like we said, the the bite size of this, these baby steps of stepping mm-hmm. into that loneliness and knowing how to b- cultivate that in a safe space and in community with other people who you're probably going to resonate with a lot. So definitely reach out, check out our website. It's November 9th through the thirteenth in Carmel by the Sea. And if you have any questions, just reach out.
1: Yeah, we can't wait. Hope hope to see some of you there. Definitely. Amazing. Thank you all for listening. And we will be with you soon. Yes. Have a good one.
0: Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. Our mission is to empower people to live their most radiant, authentic lives. If this sounds exciting to you, join our community By subscribing to our podcast, joining our email newsletter, following us on social media, or sending us a message to find out more. We would love to hear from you. See you next week.